everybody, it's Ben Reiser, Director of Operations for this year's Wisconsin Film Festival and also Head of the Programming Committee for the Wisconsin Zone section of this year's festival. And I am thrilled to be talking today with Maya Castronovo, who is like a seasoned veteran of the Wisconsin Film Festival at this point in her in her young career. Uh, I, If I'm remembering correctly, the first film that you submitted to us was when you were either still in high school or you'd made it when you were in high school and maybe you had graduated by the time we showed it. I can't remember. That was Laura, right? Yes. I was still in high school. Oh, you were. Okay, cool. Yes. And then um, last year we had programmed um, Mother's Love. Then our festival was canceled. Then we sort of scrambled around and did sort of like a little mini online free festival. And I can't remember, was, was Mother's Love one of the shorts that we showed that month? Um, I honestly don't know. I was also kind of scrambling around during that time. So who knows? I'll, I have to go back and check because I, 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 I feel like we showed it somewhere. And it would have been, that would have been it but I'm not positive. So even though Mother's Love was part of the 2020 festival, I can't say for sure whether our, our, our listeners, our viewers have actually seen that film, at least through us. And I would, I will say that I was, I was doing a little bit of research this morning just for fun. And uh, you've got all kinds of cool little articles and things about you on the internet, but I'm, I'm seeing stuff about other films that you've made. And I'm like, why didn't we get those? What's this strawberry afternoons that I have not seen and hasn't been submitted to our festival? Oh, well, that was actually like the first film I made. So, and okay. I, I am a critical of it for various reasons, but it was more of like a, like Wes Anderson inspired um, video for my first like video class I was taking in high school and so that's kind of how I like got into film and then I think Laura was like kind of my my second film that I was like more proud of so yeah that's why you haven't seen that but it is on YouTube so yeah well the one thing about the three films that I have seen that you've made that we've shown or tried to show um or about to show (laughs) um I was trying to think what connects these films and what, what, what are some signatures uh, as a filmmaker that you have? And I came up with two things, Uh, you know, and this is just a working theory. The first thing that I realized about all three of the films is that um, as a viewer, we're not really sure what we're watching. Uh, Certainly at the beginning of these films and sometimes all the way through, sometimes at the end of these films, I find myself, especially um, Ra Ra Riley, which I'm sorry, we haven't even mentioned is the name of the film that hopefully people have just watched and are listening to this after, after they've seen it. Um, uh, You know, we had a, we had a, we had a fairly animated conversation as a committee uh, when we were talking about Ra Ra Riley as to what, what the hell we were even watching, (laughs) what, what the origins of this movie are, what it is we're supposed to be, thinking we're seeing um and and we all had we had we had various questions about like wait is this a period piece why is this a period piece what's up with the standard definition looking video all kinds of things um and then the uh, so let's talk about that for a second do you do you see that i mean is do, i mean do you see that as a deliberate thing that you're interested in sort of um 
having viewers have to sort of work out in their heads what they're looking at, what they're hearing, and why they're hearing it, and and seeing the things that they're seeing. I mean, this I just want to go back all the way back to Laura, where you know it's a fairly um, poignant and a moving uh, story about um, suicide. I would say teen suicide. I don't even yeah. know if it's suicide, but 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 friends discussing the death of another friend, uh, but. But visually, what we see are objects in a medicine cabinet, which is, it's just an, I mean, we all love that film. Um, uh, and then Mother's Love um, also, like, oh, we're hearing this conversation, we're seeing these images that are sort of related to the conversation, maybe not, and we're sort of working out the relationship between what we're seeing and what we're hearing. And then in Ra Ra Riley, there's those, some of the questions that I already threw out at, at you, but go ahead. I've said too much. You talk. <laughs> yeah, I would just say that I think kind of what you're picking up on in terms of confusing the audience a little bit or just like, you know, having them piece together different things really comes down to, I guess, like the form of storytelling more that I gravitate towards. So since I'm not presenting things in a conventional, like, narrative like we're used to seeing from like you know whether it be a Hollywood movie or just you know beginning middle end um I think that confuses people and you kind of have to question a little bit more like what you're seeing and like okay what is this whether it be like Laura you know why is she holding a medicine like but she's still telling a story so I think that it's just a different way to tell a story and maybe a, a way that we are not used to seeing in terms of, you know, a strict narrative structure or plot or things like that. But your brain still kind of want, has that impulse to form some kind of meaning out of it, whether it be, you know, about uh, a friend or a girl who is trying to try out for the basketball team. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I also think if there, if there's one other thing that I feel like, oh, this is present in all three of these films, uh, even in Laura, which is not a comedy, but that there, all of these films have humor as a, as a, as an element to them. Um, and, and maybe it's the most pronounced in Ra Ra Riley, which is, um, in some ways sort of like a parody of, of these audition videos, uh, I have to say, my daughter, who's a, currently a sophomore at Goucher College in Maryland, uh, when she was applying to go to that school, one of the options was to, was instead of sending your test scores or whatever, or your grades, you could send like a video. And so she had me like shoot a video of her sort of like stating her case. And uh, so I am sort of familiar with this, with, <laughs> with this form. <laughs> with the format. Sort of, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But but, but uh, let's see, I'd love to hear all about how you came to make Rob R. Riley, what the inspiration was, what the circumstances were that led you to make this piece. Sure, yeah. Um, so, well, first of all, Rob Riley is a totally um, like unscripted film. It was all improv. So what I, what you see now is kind of all just, by circumstance, I guess, a lot of the takes we did, especially at the basketball court, I had no idea what it was going to turn out to 
be. Um, and then we filmed kind of the interview style portion of the video or of the film afterwards. And that we kind of did multiple takes. And, you know, I kind of said like, okay, I kind of want you to say something along these lines. But um, my friend Naomi, who stars in it, you know, really, I did not give her a lot to work with. So I think it was us just kind of playing around, seeing what would happen. Um, and it was a really fun thing to shoot, I will say, just because it was like, so on the fly, there was nothing really we had to like nail down. So that was really liberating. Um, and, you know, the idea I had behind it was um, I had met Naomi in my intro film class freshman year of college. I'm a sophomore now. And I think, you know, as a freshman, you are, are kind of grappling with who you were in high school and who you're going to be in college. And I think um, Riley definitely is going through a little bit of an identity crisis in the sense that, you know, she's no longer in her high school environment where I imagined she kind of excelled. Um, and so I think it's a, a little bit about some of the the insecurity that maybe a freshman feels their first year of college. And I think Naomi and I definitely, when we were just starting out, um, could relate to a lot of the stuff that Riley is going through. So that was kind of the inspiration behind the film. And, and, but, but was it, um, was it for, uh, was it made for school? Uh, uh, you're at, I'm sorry, you're Columbia in New York? Yes, I'm, I'm at Columbia and I, I do study film there, but this was not for school. It was just for fun. Um, and, you know, I think it's really interesting that you said a lot of the programmers weren't sure kind of what category this film was. And I had just taken a documentary class. And so I would consider it more of a kind of mockumentary-esque, like, kind of non-serious filmed in documentary style type video and so I think a lot of that informed some of my decisions but yeah it was not for school and was it um when did you make it was it uh was it before the pandemic or was it during at the start of the pandemic I made this in September of 2020 uh oh yes September of 2020. Okay, so that was like, we were like, oh, wait, no, no, well, no, 2019, Sorry. 2019, maybe. The pandemic I mean, hit, that pandemic hit in like March of 2020. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I made this around September, or I shot it in September, but I didn't finish editing it until like December of 2020. Um, and you shot yeah. it in New York. Yes, it's shot um, at Riverside Park. You can hear this, the highway. <laughs> um, so and, yeah. So were you in New York for the for the whole for that whole period of time with the pandemic, like through in the spring, through the summer, and into the fall? You didn't come I, back to Wisconsin. I did come back um, when the pandemic hit. I came back to Wisconsin, lived with my parents, and then in September moved back to New York. And, and then made um, this. Yes. And I was like doing online school. And then now I'm actually in Wisconsin just visiting, but I'll, I'll probably go back to New York soon. Um, so, so talk about the idea of making it a period piece where she's saying she's class of 08. 
and 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 talk about the I don't know what equipment you shot this on, but clearly, at least for the for the stuff on the court, it's very it, it feels very sort of vintage. Not, I don't even I mean, it's not quite standard definition video, but there's all these crazy scan lines and it's sort of like yeah. it almost feels like a VHS tape that's been like blown up and then uh, stretched or something to fit the frame or something. Yeah, I shot it on like a, I forget what it's called, but I think it's like a J, JVS camcorder. JVC, oh, JVC uh-huh. yes. Like camcorder. a vintage camcorder. Uh-huh. Yes, from like when my parents wanted to film me playing sports as when I was like five. So it's definitely an old piece of technology. And, and so what does that record onto? Like a disc or a mini or a tape, a mini DV tape or something? Um, no, it's digital. So... It's got Even a the memory it, card? Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's wow. all digital. Okay. Um, I had to like convert the footage and that was kind of really stressful because I didn't really know how to do that. And um, I had to like download some obsolete software um, in order to get it onto my computer. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, and I think, you know, the re- I would say there's no like main reason, I guess, why it was, sh- why it's like, you know, shot in, I think 2004 would be like the timing. Um, but I did. So the, a little fun fact, I guess, is that my cousin went to Columbia around that time. And so the shirt that Rob O'Reilly like wears in the film is my cousin's shirt, um, because she played a sport at Columbia. So I guess maybe I was just kind of thinking a little bit about that and like what it would have been like to go to Columbia in like 2004 when, you know, people have like, when, you know, portable digital video devices are just kind of starting to like gain in popularity, I guess. So I was just kind of intrigued by that aspect, but, um, and I also just think that the, like, I'm not sure if today, if you would, see that kind of like audition tryout reel filmed in that style I think it would have been like a lot more professional um so yeah well that brings up this other question in my mind uh which is in your head what are what is the viewer looking at are they looking at the sort of finished audition reel piece that Riley would have handed in? Or are we looking more at like the outtakes of that audition reel that the sort of the person that she's convinced to videotape her has sort of put together as like a sort of a blooper reel? I think definitely the latter. I think that you are more seeing how the filmmaker sees Riley, not mm-hmm. how she sees herself and how she probably wants the coaches to see her but you know it, it in the film she's like oh thank you for for filming this like you're a film major right and so I think you know maybe the film major person whoever filmed it is like kind of putting it together and like presenting an alternative vision of her I just it just occurred to me and I'm not I mean we love your film and we're showing it but I was just thinking as you were saying that Man, wouldn't it be great as either like an extended version of this or as a companion piece that we that you then shoot and show us the sort of finished audition reel. And then so there's like this A-B comparison, like this is what was happening on the day 
And this is what I was able to put together, like as a sizzle reel, like a more sort of, you know, fancy looking thing with music and whatever the heck else. I don't know. I've never actually seen yeah. a basketball audition video. Um, so, so, uh, so you were, so, so those, so the way the video looks is deliberate. And, and then there's also some fun, I mean, it reminds me of being somebody with that sort of home video equipment back in the day and trying to put things together. There's those weird kind of clunky audio transitions where like the sound drops out at the end of the court scenes. And it's sort of like, it's it almost like starts before you see the talking head interview sections. How deliberate was that stuff or how much was that like, well, this is how it happened when I was cutting this stuff together and I thought, Oh, this is fun and works. Yeah. So, um, at, are you talking about how the, the audio just kind of like stops before the shot? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like that kind of like really blaring silence effect yeah. where you're like, why is it so quiet? Yeah. Um, <laughs> multiple reasons for that. The first reason is, would be a technical reason, which was I, I found that the, so the interview shot of her in with the blank wall, yeah. that was like a quiet kind of like studio Mm -hmm. you know quality but then the videos of her on the basketball court obviously there's a lot of background noise and the audio is just like more in your face and so cutting between those was just kind of like very abrupt and just felt really startling to go from like silence so I wanted to kind of transition it in an interesting way and there's a film I really like that does this um Yitu Mama Tambien and that film, the first time I watched it, did the same thing with the transition where it cuts the audio for a few beats where you're just looking at silent image. And that was really interesting to me. And I really liked that effect because um, I think it makes you kind of take in the image in a different way. And yeah. so I did that here for, you know, I liked the artistic effect it achieved. But also it was more to kind of just like not startle viewers every single time I was cutting back and forth between those two scenes. Right. Um, tell me more about Naomi. Uh, is, is, does she do acting or performing? Is that something she's interested in? Or do you just, the two of you are like, hey, let's do this and you're going to be in front of the camera and I'll be behind it. Um, yeah, she is in an improv group. And so she has a lot of background in improv comedy. Um, and I think, you know, she's very comfortable in front of the camera. And I think she did a fantastic job. And so this was definitely up her alley. She really likes stuff like this. And, um, you know, I think she also had a lot of input with the character of Riley. We talked about it a few times before and kind of like she would ask me really interesting questions about the character that I kind of had to think of. And she would she really like did a great job, I think, of kind of delving into her character and like embracing Riley in, in a very like complex way, I think. Yeah. So is is the Riley character that we're seeing would you say like nothing like Naomi in real life or do you see bits of Naomi uh, that come out during the course of this? I definitely see some bits of Naomi. It was, I think when I first pitched this idea to her, I was like, 
it's based on you. Like it's a basketball player who's like secretly really, really sad. And she was like, wow, thanks. But no, it, I mean, I definitely see um, Riley's confidence. That aspect carries over into Naomi. I think, you know, just being really like comfortable and a lot or seeming to be comfortable in a lot of situations. I think Naomi is, is definitely that part of, or I guess it kind of corresponds there. Um, and, but like, there are other parts that I, I definitely don't think she's that much like Riley. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say the confidence aspect. So, so Naomi does play basketball in real life. Naomi plays basketball. I'd say as much as I play basketball in real life, <laughs> okay. which is we both don't really play basketball. But we know we know enough to like know the rules, and we both played in high school for a little bit. I played like freshman year. That's it. So um, I was also on an intro. I guess I should mention I was on uh, an intramural basketball team my first semester of college, and so uh-huh. I guess that's also where the inspiration comes from. And I was like totally not knowing what I was doing. I definitely was not at the skill to be playing on like a real team, a real college team. But yeah, so I would say we both are like, we do it for fun, but I don't think she considers herself like an amazing basketball player. Right. So it's not like a case of, you always hear these stories about um, how it's easier if somebody needs to sort of quote unquote sing badly in a film or something else, like it's, it's, it's easier for them to do that if they can actually really sing well in real life. So they like, you have to be a good singer to be able to sort of pretend that you're singing badly. Um, but that's not mm-hmm. the case. You could be, you could be a not so great basketball player and, and play a not so great basketball player. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I like that, um, that she doesn't seem completely incompetent. She makes a basket right away. And then she does ultimately uh, find herself able to jump high enough to knock the, the ball out of the net. Um, and, uh, so I'm wondering, um, uh, was all of that sort of, you know, improv stuff that just happened and, um, you know, or, or, or is she, or is, or is she fully capable of jumping high enough the whole time and you're doing takes where she can't quite get the ball just for the sake of comedy? Okay. Um, I would say that, um, we definitely did not have to like make her seem worse than she was <laughs> without dissing Naomi. Um, all of those jumps were real, you know, all of uh, every basket she missed was like a real miss. <laughs> so there, there was a lot of footage of her actually shooting like longer, farther shots and like missing and just running all over the court for like two hours. That's, that was the majority of the footage. Um, so yeah and and those kids that were on the court uh I don't know if you remember but in the Mm -hmm. there's a shot where she sees like two kids and she's like I could take them those kids when we were trying to get the ball from the basket they were like offering to help and stuff they were like are you guys okay like we can help you and they're like eight but I was like (laughs) no we got to get this for the comedy this is too good so yeah so um, I'm wondering where you see yourself in your career as a filmmaker. Um, does the fact that these shorts, the, the, these shorts feel, you know, 
uh, different from each other and you're experimenting with different genres and different styles of filmmaking and different kinds of stories to tell in different ways. Does that feel to you more like you are just experimenting and trying to see uh, what ultimately what direction as a filmmaker you want to go in? Or do you feel more like you're always going to be experimenting and that there isn't a single genre or style of filmmaking that you're interested in pursuing? I definitely think that the different styles I like to experiment with, and I, I don't think there's like one genre I'm necessarily drawn towards. Um, I would say that I've been the I've been doing a lot of film theory recently and a lot of film analysis, and that I think whatever is I'm at, whatever theory I'm kind of like thinking about somehow kind of makes its way into the film, and so I'm kind of like using now a theoretical approach more to the filmmaking um, than I did with like Laura and Mother's Love because those were you know shot in high school where it's more you know just like learning how to use the camera more practical stuff and so I think you know my filmmaking is developing in that way of kind of being aware of different kind of creative choices and, and different ideas um, rooted in like film analysis. And I think, you know, as I like continue to make films, I think it's something I'm going to think more about um, and just be like conscious of and kind of like understanding like different creative decisions, I think is really important. So yeah, I, I don't know if that totally answers your question, but I think that, you know, we'll just, I don't I think I have a specific style yet or, or anything, I'm not an auteur, but yeah. Who, who or what do you think influenced you the most to, to become a filmmaker? I think, um, I think my art teachers in high school, and I also think uh, my brother, whose film is actually playing in the Wisconsin zone. Hannah's section. video? Yes, yes. I was going to ask you, I was like, hey, you know, we have another Castronovo in this festival. And I, I looked, I looked up some information trying to find information about him online to figure out if you two were related and i couldn't quite i never did get any get any get any yeah. about that that's great yeah we are related and he so he had a film in the wisconsin film festival i want to say in 2017 or something like that it was called oh i forget what it was called but that was that inspired me to submit Laura. So was it this film where he's leaving messages for his girlfriend on an answering machine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm so bad with my memory. I never, I didn't put it together that that was the same guy and he'd shown this film. Okay. That's great. Wow. Yeah. And so I saw that on the big screen and I was like, I didn't realize that you could, you know, make things that people would want to see in like an audience setting that wasn't like a high budget film and I was yeah. like I could literally do this too and so then I started to do it <laughs> so I guess I I could I could thank my brother either from a place of you know heartfelt sibling love or uh -huh. you know sibling <laughs> rivalry too maybe yeah. a little bit yeah um yeah that's so great I wow I should have had you both do the interview together about both of these films um that would have been fun well, next year. Next year, we'll have you both at the festival yeah. in person, hopefully, and uh, 
he can hang out. Well, uh, thanks so much for talking about Ra Ra Riley with me and for being a part of the festival for your third time. Um, I'm excited to see what comes next for you. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you again, as always, for for taking my films. I guess uh, it's really been it's really been a great experience being part of the festival for I guess these last three years. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure having you be part of it, and um, looking forward to more in the future. Thanks, okay. Maya. Thank you. Uh,